Trucking isn't just a job, it's a lifestyle, and it takes determination and grit to make it out here. The road is long and the stories are crazy. Take a look inside the world of trucking with real stories from real people. This is Trucker Tales. Buckle in and listen up. It's a wild ride. I want to take a moment to say thank you for all the support I've been getting and to apologize about the long break. I know it's been a while since my last episode, but it's for good reasons. One of which being I was switching jobs. Not once, but twice. No more containers or ports for me. Right now I'm back to pulling dry van over the road. I kind of missed it to be honest. And I'm hoping getting back OTR, I'll be able to meet more drivers and get more stories for the show. Look for me at a truck stop near you. Okay, so I was recently pulling containers out of a port in Jacksonville, Florida, and running back and forth to Atlanta. Sometimes I would pull 40-foot trailers, 45 or 53-foot trailers, and sometimes I would even haul reefer units. This was my first job working with reefers. The way it works, with containers at least, is after you get your box put on your chassis, a generator is connected to the box by a huge extension cord. The port has people whose job it is to run the cord and secure it with zip ties to the box. One day, I was doing a post trip and noticed that the cord had fallen down in between my drive tires. And I grabbed a zip tie and reached to grab the cord so I could put it back up and zip tie it. When I reached for it though, I didn't know that the cord had been stripped and live wire was exposed. That was the day I learned a very important lesson. Always turn the power off on your unit before doing anything to it. I burnt my hand in just a fraction of a second and my arm felt the effects from the shock for hours. It scared the mess out of me, but thankfully I survived. The voltage on those things is more than enough to kill you. It's embarrassing to say the least, especially because I grew up with an electrical engineer as a father. I just wasn't thinking, but I guarantee you I won't be doing that ever again. And hopefully one of you listening will think about this story and avoid your own fate. I made a lot of friends out here, and a few have been with me since the beginning. Like my next caller. He asked me to call him Midnight Rider for the show. He's going to share with you a story that has scarred him for life that went down in a truck stop bathroom. Hello? Okay. Yeah, good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, frustrated. Can't find this trailer I need to pick up, but I'm all right. How are you? On my right, on my right, 85 northbound, rolling and patrolling. Nice. Yep. So you got, you want me to tell my story? Yes, please. Um. Well, you know, I got plenty of stories, but this <laughs> one particular story, it was a very traumatic experience for me. But uh, I'm gonna share it. Okay. So I was at the Flying J uh, in Rutherford Glen, Virginia, I-95. I exit 104. One of my regular stops, you know, I always stop there, you know, for my 10-hour break or whatever. Uh, you know, stop there. Just a, a little midway point when I'm going on north. Mm-hmm. So one morning, I got up about 3, 4 in the morning. 
you know, like I regularly do. I like to try to beat the traffic, so I ride around that time. And uh, I I was going in the truck stop, whatever, you know, shit, shower, shave, do my regular <laughs> the morning routine. So I walk in the bathroom, and uh, I'm going to the stalls or whatever, and I, I see it's three stalls. And, you know, I see a, it's somebody in a stall all the way in the end, but, you know, I ain't thinking nothing of it. I'm just, you know, going to do what I got to do. So I go to the first stall, and I'm sitting there, you know, doing what I'm doing, scrolling Facebook. And uh, I hear some kind of noise, like, down there in the, in the last stall, like, I'm like, what the fuck going on? Like, somebody not getting some fucking head? Like, what the fuck going on? I don't fucking know. But, you know, I'm out of my fucking business. So I'm like, okay. So I like, you know, I hear it, and then it stopped, and I hear some shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck going on down there? Mm. So me being me, I peek up under the stalls, because, you know, at pilots or whatever, you can see straight <laughs> up under the damn stalls and shit. So I'm like, if I see two sets of legs, then I'm okay. Yeah, somebody's not doing what they got to do early in the morning or whatever. Fuck it. So when I look down, I see some big-ass fucking off-brand, like, Timberland boots. And, you know, they standing up, and it's like they close to the door, but they standing up, you know. It's just one person, though. And I can, you know, see, like, they doing something in there. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, I know anybody beating their fucking meat. In the fucking bathroom, four o'clock mm. in the morning. What the fuck are they doing? What the fuck? Is, what's wrong with this dude down here? So I'm like, man, you know, I'm trying to hurry up and and and, and do what I gotta do so I can get the fuck out of here because this shit's strange to me at this point. So I, I get through doing what I'm doing, motherfucker down there still doing whatever the fuck he doing, but I hear the door like, like he opening the door and closing the door like he peeking out or some shit. Mm. I don't know. So I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and uh, I, I exit out the style or whatever. And when I look to my damn left, this motherfucking creature is basically peeking out the fucking stall. I mean, I guess you getting off on people that walk in the fucking bathroom, but it was a whole fucking oh, tranny. Like, it was like a whole tranny, like a whole dude with a fucking wig on and just, oh, my God. It was some knockoff Tim's. <laughs> yeah, it was some knockoff fucking Tim's on it. And, you know, I was like, I just had to hurry up and get the fuck out of there. I ain't brought my teeth for now. We're back just straight to the truck. Like, <laughs> that shit was straight traumatic. Like, I, I can't believe that shit happened to me. Like, and that one of my favorite regular stops. And I'm just like, bro, I just Never got again. fucking violated by a man whore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was terrible. Like that wake you up though, huh? <laughs> that woke me up. I didn't even need no fucking coffee. I just, you know, tore it down because at that at that moment, I, my blood was fucking boiling. So I was like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know what I would have done. But yeah, I probably tried to fight, dude. Uh in so many ways, I wanted to do something different than I did do, but uh, the most important thing was to flee. <laughs> the most important thing was to get the hell up out of there because I, man, I can't get attacked by no man who are that early in the morning. Like, no, <laughs> that shit was gonna be fucking <laughs> traumatized. It already was traumatized, so yeah, I had to just get the fuck on and get up out of there. Oh my god.
Yeah. Where are you headed to now? Uh, Fountain in South Carolina. Oh, fine. Yeah. And then from there, I don't know. Who knows? I got to pick up a trailer whenever I figure out where my trailer is and then go to Savannah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I got to go, though, because my broker's on the other line. All right. Be safe, you driver. Stay safe up there, driver. All right. Later. Some people get into trucking, and then they can't see themselves doing anything else with their lives. But some people just use trucking as a means to an end. Here's a list that I found on altdriver.com of some people that you might not have known got their start in trucking. First is Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson started his career as a forklift driver and a lorry driver for Guinness. Eventually, he decided this career was not for him. He resigned and joined the Lyric Players Theater before eventually landing his first role in the film industry with Pilgrim's Pilgrim's Progress in 1978. Since then, he starred in such films as Schindler's List, Love Actually, and the Taken franchise. Elvis Presley. Word on the street is that the King of Rock was very talented behind the wheel of a big rig. He started driving fresh out of high school. On one particular occasion, he decided he wanted to audition to be a singer. After his audition, he was told, stick to truck driving. You'll never make it as a singer. But it's safe to say he eventually proved the haters wrong. James Cameron. Now an amazing director, he actually dropped out of college to become a truck driver. While he was driving, he used his spare time to continue to work on scripts and study special effects. He was inspired by Star Wars back in 1977. And eventually he quit his job and focused and used his savings to buy a camera. The former trucker eventually went on to create Terminator, Titanic, Avatar, and several other hit films. Chevy Chase. Before Saturday Night Live and a wildly wildly successful film career, Chevy Chase was a truck driver. He hopped into the trucking business after finishing med school before eventually transitioning into the world of television and film. Trucking was a good start for Chevy, but the National Lampoon star had bigger goals in mind and he went on to provide the world with some incredible entertainment over the years. Sean Connery. The very first James Bond? Yeah, he was a trucker. Can you imagine having Sean Conroy deliver you a load? Connery had a wild variety of jobs before getting into acting, including serving in the Navy, driving trucks, working as a lifeguard, being a model for artists, and so much more. I'm glad he was the one to start off James Bond, though. Charles Bronson. This famous Western star tried out multiple different jobs after serving in World War II. Charles Bronson drove a truck for quite some time before transitioning into the theater company. This turned out to be a great move for the star, and he went on to star in such films as The Dirty Dozen and Once Upon a Time in the West. Richard Pryor. Prior to Richard Pryor's comedy career, he was involved in several trucking jobs, hauling truckloads across the U.S. and Europe. That must have given him tons of time to come up with all kinds of hilarious jokes. Think about the laughs he was probably creating over the CB radio. Pryor eventually traded the trucking life for a life of stand-up comedy. He would go on to become one of the most famous comedians of all time. Hell of a trade, if you ask me. Rock Hudson. He is arguably one of the most famous truck drivers to find a career in entertainment. He spent a lot of time driving trucks in World War II before making his move into the movie business. The truck driver ended up starring in tons of classic romantic comedies through the 50s and 60s. Jason Aldean. 
I couldn't leave Jason Aldean out of the list. Following his trucking career, he became one of the biggest country rock stars in the United States. Even today, he still has a passion for these big machines. He made deliveries for Pepsi back in the day before moving on to music. This one I got from Thought Catalog, and it was written in by this one, G. He says, This happened to me when I was only 15 years old. My dad ran a record service for over-the-road truckers. Late one night, we got a call that a truck had run off the road and struck a tree 20 miles south of town. So my dad and I fired up the wrecker and headed south. When we came on the scene, the truck and trailer had ran off the road to the right and smacked a tree head-on. It was one of those hundred-year-old oak trees. This was back in the day when there were cab-over semi-trucks. The ones without noses or the engine is up under the cab. The truck was still running at an idle. The door was closed, but no driver was seen from the driver's window. The front driver's windshield was busted and there was a large hole in the middle. The trailer was loaded with flat one-quarter inch sheets of steel. Of course, it's pitch dark, and you can't really see things that well when we first got there. Our impression was the driver smacked a tree, hit his head on the windshield, and was already getting treatment somewhere. So my dad set up the wrecker and hooked up to the trailer. He wanted me to open the cab in order to release the brakes. But when I opened the door, I was greeted with a lower half of a body. When the driver hit the tree, a single sheet of steel broke free and cut through the cab, cutting the driver in half. The upper half of his body went through the windshield. I found the driver's upper body in a cornfield about 40 feet from the truck and he was still grabbing the upper part of the steering wheel. It looked like he was frozen in time, still driving the truck. Needless to say, he went into a body bag with his lower half and we worked through the night getting the truck and trailer back to town. This is one of the worst experiences I ever had growing up in a wrecker service family. I'm good. I just got parked for the night. So you got a story for me? Uh, yeah, I have quite a few. <laughs> uh, which one you want to hear? Um, you tell me. Up to you. Dealer's choice. Well, I got quite a few stories. Uh, I mean, some of them kind of funny. Some of them maybe kind of, kind of off the wall. But um, I mean, just let's go with off the wall. <laughs> well, off the wall is uh, one night I'm parked at the truck stop and like just minding my own business, doing paperwork. Got me some lunch and sitting behind the wheel doing my paperwork and everything. And all of a sudden, this lady walks up to my truck and she just, you know, looks me in the eye and kind of knocks on my door. And I ignored her for a second and then she knocked on the door again and I let the window down and. She said that she was a trucker in distress and, you know, she needed some help. So I asked her what she needed help with and she looked at me and said she needed a jump. So I unhooked from my trailer and, you know, she asked, can she get in the truck with me to go try to jump a truck? And, uh, you know, we rode around the parking lot and I'm steady looking for a truck. And <laughs> finally she told me that she wasn't a truck driver. She was a lot loser. Mm. 
So, yeah, they turned out pretty awkward. How long have you been driving for? Uh, 17 years. Sheesh. Been driving since I was 21. You're an OG. Not, not necessarily OG, but um, I've been out here for a while. Uh, I don't know it all. I, I probably won't ever know it all. But once I do know it all, I'll be hanging my keys up. Right. And going to get me a job at Walmart or Burger King somewhere. Right. I learned something new every single day out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. What did you guys do, like, before GPS and cell phones? Like, did you have a cell phone uh, when you started? Well, we had cell phones, but it was – cell phones just was just was what they were, uh, cell phones. And GPS was non-existent. It was more or less the uh, Rand McNally Road Atlas. And you basically found where you was going, and you ran a line from point A to point B, and that was your route. Um, any any inner city uh, roads, you looked in the back of the Atlas for low clearances, uh, restricted routes, and all of that good stuff there. Um, before e-logs, it was paper, and you basically ran just how you ran. Mm. Some were outlaws, some were, you know, legit companies. Some companies were outlawed to where they didn't care about logs. They, as long as you did them and you turned them in and they looked legal for DOT, they didn't care. I think some companies are still like that. If you can get away with it with some of the apps, yeah. If you can, if you can get away with it, but um, technology now is getting to the point to where they can backtrack a lot of things and find out where you edited and um, mm-hmm. all that good stuff there with your logs. If you're using um, oh crap, the app on your phone, so. It's, it's getting to a point where they catching up with a lot of stuff. I still get lost with two GPSs. I always have Google Maps going for my traffic and my Ram McNally going for my trucker guide, and I still get lost out here, so I really don't know how you guys did it. I I still get lost from time to time with, that, uh, with my GPS. I do have a Garmin, and I do still carry a Ram McNally as well. Because the GPS will take you actually kind of like the shortest distance, but your atlas will tell you if you can go through inner city or not. Because my GPS still tries to take me through downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to get caught in downtown Atlanta unless you're delivering. Yeah. I I I, I missed a turn one time and ended up in downtown Atlanta almost had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. It's, it's no fun at all. <laughs> no, it's not. What got you into trucking? Uh, my grandpa did it, and uh, I started riding with him when I was, like, 13, maybe, like, during summer months. And um, every time I rode with him, I wanted to be this, this outlaw super trucker, you know, like, smoking the bandit, mm-hmm. you know, snowman and, 
the bandit just out there on the road and <laughs> here I is and it's not like that at all. Not like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realize how lonely it is out here. Oh yeah, it's very very Are you still uh, are you with the road or? Yeah, I'm uh right now I'm driving like a Texas regional uh with a company out of Gainesville, Georgia. So oh, Okay. I'm up in Atlanta I, right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I run a Texas regional, so I stay mainly in Texas, but I live in Louisiana, but it's still I stay two weeks in Texas, and I just go home to Louisiana when it's time for me to go home. Gotcha. A lot of money to be made down in Texas then? Uh, Yeah. Well, actually, it's paid on a day rate, so I mean, I don't run, but probably about 250, 275 on the miles a day. So once I get to my delivery, it's pretty much I'm done for the day. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Have you ever gotten to any fights out here or anything? Close call fights, but um, a couple of there was these new guys coming into trucking. You know, and sometimes you ask them nicely to kind of, you know, move out of the fuel island or, you know, can they pull forward or, or something. Or, you know, if you sometimes ask them, can you can they help you back into a spot, they'll kind of get an attitude like, man, I, I'm not doing it. Or if you can't back up, then that's your problem or something. And you just kind of walk off and they'll be – they get kind of hot-headed, but I guess it's more being frustrated of being on the road because a lot of times frustrations will get the best of you from being away from your family. Mm. And, you know, sometimes the littlest thing can make you just kind of snap if somebody, you know, asks you or feels like you're being bothered. It'll, it'll make you snap. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, arguing with your significant other out here. Oh, yeah. You know, being away from being away from your kids and your wife or fiancé or girlfriend, whatever, you know, it's just kind of, and same for women, you know, it's being away from their husbands and, you know, stuff, it just kind of makes you snap, you know, especially if you got issues going on at home that, that you can't really take care of or, you know, the kids have something that you're missing, like an event or something that's already saying that they miss you and they want you to come home, but you can't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might be having bad issues with your dispatcher, driver manager, fleet manager, or whatever they call them now. It's to a point to where that right there takes a toll on you. Yeah, Absolutely. Or even especially like when you know you're supposed to be going home and you put in for home time and they send you across the country. Oh, and you yeah. can't abandon that load because you don't want it to end up on your DAC report and then you can't get a job and you just kind of have to grit and bear it. Yeah, and, you know, some companies, they they will be quick to do that. They'll try to hold you out and they'll say, okay, well, if you put your home time in for the 29th, oh, we got 24 hours within the 29th to get you home. But you're a 1,000 miles away from home come the 28th, and then all of a sudden here it is, you deliver that load on the 28th, and 
you're trying to give them that 24 hours on the 29th, and then here it is, oh, well, we don't have a load for you to pick up just yet. We got a driver that's in the area with the load that's going your way, but he won't be there until 11 o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's got issues going on with the truck or trailer that he has to stop and get fixed, or he ran out of hours. Yeah, off the tire. Right. Yeah, whatever. It's like I had to go recover a load like two nights. Well, not two nights, but like maybe four nights ago from a guy that um, needed to get home, and I knew how he felt, and they was trying to tell me that. Oh well, you need to shut down, and I'm like, no, this guy say he needs to get home, so I'm going to go pick up that load so he can go and go home. Mm. Well, no, you're running low on hours, so you need to go and shut down and get a full break. No, I get a full break when I go get that load, and that driver go home because if he's parked in a parking spot, I have an empty trailer, he has a loaded trailer, so all I got to do is drop my trailer in the middle of the parking lot. He dropped his loaded trailer in that spot that he's in, and mm-hmm. I can just hook up to his trailer, and he can hook up to mine. He can go home. I'll sit there under that load. Yeah. And people, I don't think people realize how hard it is sometimes to find parking out here, depending on what part of the country you're in. Yeah, and everything now is reserved. So yes, I've noticed well, that. Everything is going to reserve parking. It's just the truck stop's way of making extra money, mm-hmm. you know, off of these drivers because a lot of us is not actually eating in the truck stop no more because they only have Taco Bell, Arby's, uh, Carl's Jr., Hardee's, and, Wendy's, you know, McDonald's. yeah, Arby's. Wendy's and McDonald's. They don't have, like, the country fries no more. Uh, they got Denny's still, but, Nothing healthy. Know, nothing healthy no, at all. It's, it's nothing. I, I got a little microwave in my truck, so I stop at Walmart and try to buy, you know, stuff like healthy stuff to eat while I'm out here or whatever. But still, it's it's hard to do, especially if you in an area to where you know you got multiple places to eat, but still, you know, you just can't get to those places. Yeah, you can't fit your truck in there. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, when COVID was really, like, strong in the beginning, a lot of places were drive-thru only, and there was no way to drive a truck through the drive-thru. Oh, no. And Louisiana has went back on lockdown. I mean, we are literally going back on phase three or phase one or whatever it is um, to get back. uh, Because our numbers have rose. Mm. That was a crazy experience driving during COVID. I got through Chicago in like 25 minutes during rush hour, though. It was beautiful. Oh, yes. Houston, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas Chicago, was. Atlanta. Uh, yes. Charlotte. <laughs> you can, you can, the, the traffic, I loved it. Yes, me too. As awful as the pandemic is, it was a beautiful thing for the drivers. And everybody appreciated us a lot more than, too. Oh, yeah. Because we weren't we just a nuisance. No, because we was getting more supplies there that they needed. And, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of the grocery stores was running out of food. And 
some grocery stores they actually shut down like your mom and pops and you know, we were still out here transporting and getting stuff, supplies to them and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Trucking can be crazy. Have you gotten a chance to listen to the podcast? Ma'am. Have you gotten a chance to listen to the podcast? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I've been intending on getting uh mm-hmm. getting to listen to it. No worries. No worries. It's getting pretty good though. I'm excited about it. I just had to take a couple weeks off. My mom had an open heart surgery. She had to have a quadruple bypass. Oh, wow. And then I decided to switch. I was pulling containers out of Jacksonville, Florida, and just running from Jacksonville up to Atlanta back and forth. So I decided to go back kind of over the road so I could get home to see my parents more. They're getting older and stuff, you know. Okay. So I took a few weeks off, but I'm excited to get back to it. I've been getting a lot of good feedback from it. We've got some crazy stories on there, like some ghost dogs up in Gettysburg and the crazy monkey and some guy that fell off a ferry into 35 feet of water in the Mississippi. Like, it's some pretty good stuff. I'm excited. Okay, yeah. Well, your mom is definitely in my prayers. and uh, Thank you. I'm sorry to hear that she had to go through the surgery, but, you know, it's good that they corrected it and got to it. Yeah, she's doing good. She's doing real good. Okay. And she's been spoiled this whole time, so she's loving it. Oh, well, you know, mom... <laughs> Mom spoiled us when, you know, we was sick as we was young. So, now mm-hmm. it's, you know, we got to spoil them. So. And she won't let you forget a minute of it. <laughs> no, mine did not let me forget at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. I'm about to head to bed, though. I've got to get up early. They sent me on a wild goose chase for a trailer that did not exist today so i've got to wait till tomorrow for the brokers to get in so we can figure out where this trailer is and i can get on the road yes and my dispatcher's (laughs) like you gotta find it you just gotta find it i'm like i've looked at every one of these 300 trailers in this drop lot six times each for over an hour and 45 minutes it's not here like i don't know if you think i'm incompetent or what but it's not here and I don't know what else you want me to do. <laughs> I've done it. I've looked for a ghost trailer forever. Uh, this can be so frustrating. I really pre- appreciate some of the insight to the real world of trucking, though. Um, oh. Just so you know, though, like the whole call, I, I take bits and pieces out that that uh, I think will work best. So it might not okay. be the entire call that will be in there, but you're definitely going to be on the next episode. I'm excited to get the next one up. And if you know Alrighty. anybody else that has stories for me, send them my way. I'd appreciate it very much. All right. Thank you. I sure will. I appreciate it. You stay safe out there, driver. All right. You too. Have a good night. You too. That's it for now, guys and gals. Check me out at facebook.com slash truckertailspodcast or email me at truckertailspodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear your crazy adventures. Until next time, stay safe out there, drivers. Keep it in the paint and keep it shiny side up.